Anybody expecting? I mean, I mean, really expecting? Are you expecting? Uh, I want to talk to you about this, this whole idea of living in a place of expectancy. It, it really, it, it, it's, it's not as simple as it sounds because uh, we tend to do something else besides stand in this flow of perfection that has been coming from eternity. Eternally, God's goodness has been flowing. And then he created us and put us in it and continues that flow. And it goes on into eternity. Meaning this, God has never one time failed. Never one time. He doesn't even know how to do it. He's like, I don't even know how to fail. All I know how to do is what I do. Come through with goodness. That's all I know how to do. And he's standing in eternity. Eternity's flow, as far back as that goes, which is way back there, and all the way up through now, we are, have an opportunity with expectancy to stand in this flow and to anticipate that I don't know what's going to happen next, but it's going to be consistent with this eternal flow of his goodness, no matter what. No matter what. I mean, Jesus is, is, it's so baffling, amazing, awesome, that God himself, Jesus Christ, had to choose the cross. You realize that? You realize he had to choose it? Yeah. It was a choice. He had, he had to look at that thing and go, okay, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. Now, I know everybody in this room has been through something, and, 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 and some more than others. Everyone in this room has had a most traumatic event, everyone in this room. But nobody in this room has ever been crucified. I know that because you're in this room. And Jesus is looking at being crucified. Tomorrow. So he stops off at the garden as the boys pray or sleep or whatever you're going to do. And uh, I like to think of it like a phone booth, like Jesus went into a phone booth. Phone booth. Um, there were these things on the side of the road, and they had a phone inside of them that didn't come out. And you had to have change, which is like metal, small metal circles that were in your pocket, you know? And you had to put them in, the, in the, to make it. Ask your grandparents. <laughs> Jesus goes into this phone booth in the garden and he's, he's like, uh, hi, hi dad. Yeah, yeah, it's me, Jesus. Hey, tell Holy I said hi, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, about tomorrow. I was just checking in, seeing if there's, is that still, is that still the plan? Oh, should it still go? It is. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, is there, is there any other way we could do this? Like, uh, 
Could we have Peter do it? No? Okay. All right, well, not my will, but your will. All right, I'll, I'll, see you, uh, I'll see you guys in a few days. All right? Okay, all right. I love you too. Okay, bye-bye. Jesus has to choose the crucifixion. But it's, it's, it's for the joy, for the joy set before him, knowing that my father can only work things together for good. That's all he can do. He has an eternally perfect record. And, and for some reason, we think on our situation is when he's going to experiment with failure. <laughs> My situation, I got, I got a situation that is so overpowering, even God himself cannot come through with goodness on this one. <laughs> and so we leave this flow, we step out of this, this, this incredible, perfect spot and, and, we, and we step out. And we build a little box. And we set expectations in there. We leave expectancy and we come and we narrow down God to what we can think up. And here's how you can handle my family, my marriage, and my money, and my health. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> and here's how you can come through. And this is what I would consider good. I would consider these things good. Ready? Almighty God, be limited. In Jesus' name. Why in the world would we do that? Why would we leave, leave perfection? And I got a better idea. Well, because it takes trust. It takes trust that every one of us have had things happen that we just did not see coming. Didn't see coming. Not a person in here hasn't been let down. Not a person in here hasn't, hasn't experienced somebody not coming through the way you had hoped. Come on. And it leaves a mark. It leaves a mark. It, makes, it, it creates an anxiety about being that vulnerable. And so we just, we just, we just create a box. I'm just going to step over here and I'm just going to I'm gonna be in charge. I'm gonna be in charge of how this plays out. And the first thing that happens is it doesn't go according to your plan. Because here's the deal. For some reason, God refuses to be controlled by us. 
This, sometimes this is our first experience with a real healthy relationship. Because <laughs> we could throw a fit. We could just throw a fit. It's over here just... <laughs> and this, and I, amen. <laughs> and we may call it intercession. <laughs> but it doesn't change the fact that because it's not happening, we're so disappointed. I can't, I can't believe that, that that happened anyway. And I prayed that it wouldn't happen. It happened anyway. And that didn't happen. I prayed it would happen. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I was all lost. Oh, I don't know if God is real or not. I don't know. And while I'm in my little box here, I pretty soon... All I'm looking at day and night and day and night and night and day, all I look at, the meditations of my heart and my mind, is what God is not doing. He's not doing any of the things I told him to, I asked him to do. He's against me. He's not for me. He's bad. He's not good. I have to protect myself from God. And here comes the separation from my own heart. Now I begin to just step away from why I'm here to glorify God. I'm going to step away from that and I'm going to take over. And I'm going to isolate myself. I'm going to insulate myself, isolate myself. And the Bible says this, that a man or a woman who isolates themselves seeks their own desires and rages against wise counsel and judgment. And there is one who will come alongside you in your isolation. Oh, yeah, I know. I thought I could do a better job than him too. Let me be your counselor. Let me help you through this scary time with some more fear and some more pain. I don't know why that's so appealing, except it requires trust to stay in this perfect flow of goodness and hope. It takes trust to stay there when you're looking at a threatening situation. But there is an option. There's always an option to limit all that to what we can think of. We can Put God in our limitations. And he'll, and, and he'll watch. He'll go, what, what's Danny doing in there? And the angels will say, oh, he's, he's in his box again. He, he built another one of those boxes. <laughs> and he crawled in it. He is so disappointed. And he, he added a few more things of how you could do it. <laughs> he is willing to negotiate. 
He's calling it humility. Well, is there any way we can get him out of there? I don't know. He was in there for two years last time. Well, can we like move the sun closer to his box? Maybe that'll sweat him out of there or something. We can stay in there as long as we want. And we do, and we have a really great excuse. We have a really great case against God. We do. He didn't do what I thought he should do. Or we can actually step away. We can step away and we can get right back into that flow of anticipating who he's always been and who he's always going to be. And, and literally putting our heart out there in that vulnerability. Because these are issues that really matter to us. This is our family. This is our money. This is our health. This is our comfort level. These things matter to us. We want control of these things. And so we have to trust or we take over. I think one of the reasons that we so quickly or so readily or so often we just take over is because we think we have God figured out. We think we, think we have God figured out. We have church figured out. We know what's going to happen. We're going to start four minutes late, <laughs> even though we have a counter. Worship, worship team's going to get up there, start us off with a peppy song, get our attention, and then we're going to go into an intimate place. And then we're coming out with some celebration. <laughs> and they're going to get up there and they're going to read the bulletin to us. <laughs> and then they're going to ask us for some more money. <laughs> and the preacher's going to get up there and tell us something we already know. So we can say Amen. That's the reason I go to this church. The reason I go to this church is because they're going to tell me what I already know. I didn't come here to learn. I came here to be reinforced in what I already know. And we're going to get us out of here on time so we can get to the restaurant. That's why I go to this church. I go to a place I got figured out. Don't you change it. Because I might have to go shopping. And so we think we got God figured out. I read that Bible. I know what he has to do. I know how this works. I've been a Christian for five years. Nailed it. Nailed it. No, God is, God is, he's not your, you know, he's not your predictable Coke machine.
not know what he's going to do next with his goodness. We don't know. Come on. It is absolutely unpredictable. About 100% of the people I've ever walked with through tragedy had absolutely no idea how God was going to work this out for good. And looking back on what they thought they would never recover from and where they stood right now today, they're just marveled. It's absolutely blown away because his promises are true. His promises are absolutely true. And that's where you get to see it. You get to see it on the other side, in the joy part. The crucifixion is no fun. But the joy part, it all makes sense now. I'm looking back, oh my gosh. I was listening to Jack Taylor talk about being married on his, you know, his, third, his third wife. I'm on my third wife. He said, Frida took a position that no human has survived up until now. It was funny. It was so funny. I mean, I laughed, I laughed hard. I thought, I can't believe he said that. And Frida's heard that 80 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have no idea. You have no idea how he's going to work things together for good. You just can't give up. You just can't quit. That's how you win. You just don't quit. You just don't get in your little box, make up your own little world, and stink the thing up. It's an option. It's an option. All of us have done it. But when we get back in this flow, and I am keenly aware of his promises and that he is going to watch over his word to perform it. He's going to. I don't have to. I just have to stay in the flow. And I know I'm in the flow because I can hardly not say thank you. I can hardly not say you are so glorious. I mean, this girl has a Coke, Coke machine overproduced for her and she wants to hug it. Thank you, Coke. It just rises up within us. It just, it just makes us more and more aware of why he's our God and who he is. I love what Alan's saying this morning. Believe in God? I know him. That's a t-shirt right there. I know the guy. See, when we stand in the flow, we're reminded that he is the Lord and we are not. He is God and I am not. About 15, oh gosh, almost 20 years ago now, Sherry and I were pastoring in a little, little town called Weaverville. We had taken over for Bill Johnson. He went to Bethel. We became the pastors. And we had been pastoring there for a little while. And, and the, the revival stuff that was coming out of Bethel was just 
getting all over the place. And, and so Bill was traveling more and more. And pretty soon he started inviting us to come with him. And we started meeting these people, you know, pa- pastors all over the place that you just fall in love with. You just go, oh my gosh, this is going to last a lifetime. That's what's going to happen here. And we were in Nashville, Tennessee, and we had met this couple, and they had kids the same age as our kids, and so we took a vacation. The second trip was a vacation to come stay at their house. Well, while we were there, they introduced us to some of their friends who had kids the same age as our kids, and we liked them. You know how that happens? All of a sudden, you're just like, wow, this is awesome. So we stayed up too late and told too many stories and laughed too hard together, And we thought the same thing. We thought, this is going to last forever. The next day, she's in a tragic accident. She was uh, riding a horse, and the saddle slipped, and the horse stepped on the back of her head. Brainstem injury. She's in intensive care. And so there we are. We all of a sudden, our vacation turned into a prayer meeting for five days. We are at the hospital praying, we go sleep briefly, we come back to the hospital, there's a hundred people there praying. This is a beloved woman. This is, uh, this is a beloved family. And so we're in that room and, and Sherry and I, we, we represent miracles, signs and wonders and healing. We are connected to Bethel. That's, what, that's what's happening. And so we, we have brought heaven with us. We're in the room. We're, everybody's looking at us. And I'm like, let's pray some more. People are prophesying from around the world the same things. It's like, oh, this is going to happen. Michael W. Smith shows up, brings his keyboard into her room and plays in her room for three hours, worshiping and declaring. It's going to happen. This one's going to happen. All the pieces are there. This one's coming together. And we had to leave. We had to go back home. And when we got home, we got a message that she had passed away. Like, no way. She got three little kids. One of them was three years old. They were on the horse with her when she got the accident. There's no way. There's no way. 3,000 people came to her funeral. They had intercessors. When they closed the casket, the intercessors had their hand on the casket in case there was a thump. They buried her. couldn't believe it. I was broken hearted. I was discouraged. I was disappointed. Probably the biggest disappointment I've ever had with God. I'm the pastor and I preach every Sunday. And I'm going to talk about other stuff besides trust in God. I'm going to teach people stuff. I don't, want, I don't really want to talk about him. 
I don't even really want to talk to him. <coughs> so it's about six weeks in, maybe longer. My secretary at the time, Sherry Silk. <laughs> we were married before. <laughs> I brought my church secretary with me. She walks in my office one day and she says, um, I, was, I was wondering if you had a, had a moment. I'm like, well, you, you know what my schedule is. <laughs> she says, yeah, I noticed you had a big break here for about three weeks. I just wanted you to, uh, I was just wondering if, if uh, you understood that you were no fun to be around. I said, yeah, well, you should be in here. It's really no fun to be in here. She goes, yeah, yeah. I was just wondering what you're going to do about that. And I'm thinking, hey, this is what I do to other people. <laughs> this stuff is coming back to haunt me. I said, I don't know. She said, well, I was wondering if you'd be open to some suggestions. I said, well, sure. I got nothing. I got nothing at all. Well, I was, you know, you know how you like to go backpacking. I think I think you ought to take all this that you got going on, and your dog, and you ought to go hike up to one of those lakes that you like to. And when you get there, take all this and throw it in the lake. <laughs> and and don't come back until you do. <laughs> So I get there, I got my dog, I got my pack, it's a nine mile hike up to this lake. I get there, I drop my pack, sun's going down, I figure I gotta get some, some food so I'm gonna go fishing in that lake. So I, I'm out there, I'm fishing, nothing, nothing, fishing, nothing, nothing. I'm no stupid fish in this lake. I'm going to starve while I'm out here. I can't believe I'm so tired. I am so miserable. My dog looks at me and says, you are no fun to be around. <laughs> I was having a hard time. So I just went to bed because when the sun goes down, it's dark, fast, and there's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> so I just went to bed. I wake up in the morning because the sun comes up early when you're out there and the sun beats on your sleeping bag and says, hey, you're sweating. You should get up. So I got up and I'm thinking, oh man, this is going to be a long day. I just walk around like this all day. Ugh. So I, I said, all right, well, I'm here to, I'm here. I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to work this out. I don't know what to say to you. I am so mad at you. I, I don't even really want to have this conversation, but we're here. 
I cannot believe that you let Carol Ann die. I cannot believe that you let those little children lose their mother. I cannot believe that you ended that family the way that you did. I cannot believe if you could have done a miracle, you could have did it right there. That was the place to do it. That's what they're for. So mad at you. I'm so disappointed. I don't even want to tell anybody to look to you because the same thing might happen to them. I am exhausted. I am wore out. I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to go back to being a meat cutter in a grocery store. Go get a paycheck and go home and just be done with all this stuff. I am exhausted. I am depressed. Uh. And I hear Ezekiel. Ezekiel, seriously? Did you hear what I just said? I mean, I don't understand Ezekiel after a prophetic conference. You know? <laughs> wheel and the wheel and the four faces and all that. I, I, what? Yeah. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Where's Ezekiel anyway? <laughs> there it is, first chapter. Four faces, wheel in a wheel. I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm like, what? 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 And I get to the bottom of the second page, and the footnotes in my Bible say, Ezekiel means. God will strengthen. And his presence just floods into that moment. And all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm reminded that he's here. And it's as though I, 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 I just had a chance to just step out of my box and step right back into the flow. And all of a sudden, my eyes are open and I remember he is the Lord and I am not. He is the judge and I am not. He gets to handle the situation that he created. He created us, our lives, his promises. He created that stuff. He gets to play it out. I don't get to determine it. Amen. Oh my gosh, that's right. I forgot. And I step back into this flow and my eyes are open. And I have hope again. That's what happened. All of a sudden my hope just opened up. I said, okay, okay, wow, sorry I was gone, I'm glad you didn't go anywhere while I was out, Woof. and then I remembered how many, key, how many times King David did this, have you, have you ever read the Psalms, he's like, I am so, I can't believe you, what, when are you gonna, you are awesome, <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
man after his own heart. Man after God's own heart. Why? Because he's going to step back into the flow. He's going to get there. He just had to process. Just process a little bit, 150 times. Now they're not all like that. Sherry and I have the, the great privilege of living with my daughter's family. So Ben and the three kids, Sherry and I, Brittany, we all live together. Seven of us, boom, insta, insta herd. <laughs> and uh, we've been doing it for five years. So Adeline, Adeline Mercy, she is 10 years old now, but back when she was five, uh, you know, we would we'd be putting the kids to bed at night and everybody's got somebody in somewhere and we're, you know, and, and this, there was this little routine that you have with Addie, you know. Addie is, she's, she's four or five years old right here, but she's kind of like a, it feels like she's a mosquito, you know. She just is everywhere all day long. And then she stops to eat. <laughs> and then she goes again. And then she comes back to eat. And it's rare, 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 and that's, that's her life. That's life with Addie is rare, 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 eating. And so it's time for bed, and she's laying there, and you read the story, you prayed your prayers, she got her drink, she went potty, you rubbed her back. She says, Papa, what's for dinner tomorrow night? <laughs> I don't know, baby. I don't know. But it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'll worry about that. I'll go get some dinner for tomorrow night. Your job tonight is just to go to sleep. Just rest. Just rest, baby. I'll take care of tomorrow. You just rest. That's your job. Amen? Amen. All right. That's what the Lord is saying to us today is that uh, we, have, we have a moment to return to being little children. We get to sit in a moment right now and, and discover, you know, if we're in a box or in the flow. So I'm going to have Sherry just close us out here and... Um, good job, honey. Do something amazing. Honey. Wasn't that good? <laughs> makes me cry. I was, this whole uh, season, this week that we've been here, Danny's been talking about relationships and forgiveness and being unpunishable and, um, and then this morning, this great message, but what I was thinking as I sat down there was we, sometimes we have uh, an event happen in our life that we didn't have any control over. And anyone had that happen? Something happened. I had an event. Um, and it created an experience that I didn't have control over. Meaning, you know, maybe it was a money problem or a divorce or kids or whatever. Things, an event happens and we don't have control. And we have this experience and we don't have control over what we're going through. But we do have control over what's next. And that is our story. We have control over what we do 
After the event, after the experience, we get to, we get to tell our story. And we get to play out what we do with the experience and the event. Because you know, what I, I joke around and say, you know, when life gives you lemons, you make pomegranate juice. You don't have to play out what was given to you. You get to change the end of the story. You get to play out a different story. You were handed something, maybe you, you had no control over it. But I get to change by my story. So why don't you stand up, let's just pray. I'm just so grateful for the goodness of God today. I'm just so grateful. Why don't you just tell him how grateful you are. Thank you, Jesus, that you have everything under control. You're in charge, God. You're in charge. And we don't like, we don't always like what we're in in the moment, but we still want to stay in your presence and with your goodness. There's things in this room that are out, they're just, they're an experience that we don't have control over. Maybe there's kids that have gone astray and they don't, they're not following you, but you haven't lost them, Jesus. <laughs> they're not here, they're not sitting in church, but you know where they are. Our finances are out of control right now, God. The checkbook doesn't say what I want it to say. The business isn't thriving like I want it to. My relationship is hurting, whatever is going on, but I'm still going to stand in the goodness of God. I'm choosing it right now, God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be grateful and thankful for what you're doing in my life. So we praise you right now, God. When we were worshiping earlier today and that one song came on that I think came out of this house, right? I thought, this is the identity of this house. When you guys responded that worshiping you is our prize, praising you is our prize. That is your identity here, New Life City. So right now, why don't you just praise Him? You, we love you, we worship you right in the middle. It is a prize. Thank you, Jesus. We glorify your name, God. You are so good. Even in our, we don't understand, you are still good. And we declare your goodness over the situation that's out of our control, God. And we just love you so much. We just love you so much. Amen. Amen. Alan Cumberland.